hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Fresh Off The Set. I'm Alora Murray. And I'm Sarah Jenkins. And today is so much fun. I have the opportunity, well you know, really an honor. <laughs> really, <laughs> really the honor about I get to sit down and talk to Sarah all about herself. Oh boy, all about me. Um, these are so awkward, by the way. So <laughs> I just hope it's it's entertaining. But I feel like, you know, we spend so much time together on the show and then the podcast that's like we're, we're friends on and off, but it's weird to be interviewed. There's no way around it. So. <laughs> oh, I absolutely. Okay, Sarah, I did mine. It was a couple of weeks ago. Carrie interviewed me and it it is a little weird to have, you know, the roles flipped essentially because you're yes. the one who usually does the interviewing, but now I get to interview <laughs> you. And I know you're going to do a great job and ask all the hard hitting questions. I am. <laughs> Very deep, <laughs> profound questions, starting off with, where are you from, Sarah? <laughs> oh my God, I love it. Well, okay, so if you guys have watched us, I talk about my home uh, town in Maryland quite a bit if you've ever um, caught our show, but I grew up in a suburb of Washington, D.C. It's mm-hmm. called Rockville, Maryland. Um, and I lived there till I was 18 and I went to college in Arizona. Uh-huh. Um, my parents were really upset, um, but I was just like, I want to be around palm trees. I want warm weather, mountains. And I actually chose where I went to school, ASU, like sight unseen, oh, which okay. is kind of crazy. But I've always just been kind of adventurous and I like to try new things. And I just, for some reason, the mountains were calling my name. So I love it. <laughs> well, I love the fact that you ended up going so far west because I feel like that led you to us. But we'll get Aww. there in just a minute. Okay, growing up, you have two sisters, right? I do. I'm the oldest. So I'm like fascinated by birth order. I think Uh it's really interesting. Like when I talk to my friends, I'm always like, oh, I could tell you're the middle or (laughs) it's just, I think it's so like, it's true when you like research it. But yeah, I'm definitely the oldest child, uh, three girls. So I have two younger sisters and one still lives in Maryland, like near my parents. The other lives in LA now. So it's hard being so far out. separated when your sibling lives far away from you. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you were actually homeschooled. I so was. I don't I was not <laughs> homeschooled and I didn't really know anyone who was. So mm-hmm. this is kind of new to me, but you tell us stories all the time. You're like, "I <laughs> don't really feel like I went to school till like junior high and I walked in and was like what in the world is going on <laughs> totally so talk to us about being homeschooled growing up yeah so um I graduated in 2004 so it was right when the iconic movie Mean Girls came out I don't know if anyone's seen it but I was one of my favorites I would be surprised <laughs> if someone hadn't but you know there could be someone out there but on Wednesdays <laughs> we wear pink it's become such a part of like popular culture but yeah. I love it and um, the main character, Katie, she is homeschooled. Her parents, I think, are like paleontologists or something. They're very yeah. like scientific. And so um, they reminded the whole thing reminded me in that there's a scene where she goes into school and it's like you wouldn't think about it if you're like most people who have gone to school uh-huh. K through 12, but like everything is new to her. Everything is foreign. And when you hear a bell, you freak out. Or yeah. when someone stands up, you have to ask to use the restroom. Yeah. You know, you're used to just going from your living room to your bathroom and home. Yeah. <laughs> and that was literally me. Everything was so um, foreign to me. And I remember I had a lot of anxiety at first. I went in when I was 10, um, in fifth grade. And, um, but the upside to having been homeschooled was my parents had a really close knit group of friends and we did a lot of really cool field trips. Like growing up in the DC area, we would go to New York or Philadelphia or like, um, where the battle, uh, Williamsburg was, or, you know, all these historic cool things. So, there were definitely upsides, but I've always been social shocker. And <laughs> wow. Um, so I, I missed kind of the social side of it. Mm-hmm. And even in our tiny little group of homeschoolers, I was like, I really I crave that. I want to make friends. I want to experience school. And luckily my parents were supportive. So I love that. 
Well, there you go. Like I said, I don't know much about homeschooling, (laughs) so I was like, we need to talk to Sarah about this. Let's talk a little bit more about school in the sense that did you know that you always wanted to go into journalism? Was that something that you were like, you know what, from the day I was born until I'm sitting here now, I knew I wanted to do this? Yes, from a pretty young age. I think when I was five, I wanted to be like a marine biologist, which seems like a really popular um, (laughs) profession that five-year-olds, I feel like, say they want to do. But my dad, he worked in news. He was a news producer. He just retired for National Public Radio for like literally 50 years. Mm -hmm. And um, so I I had that kind of as an example. And I always, once I was in school, I started out homeschooled. All I did was read books. Mm -hmm. Always been terrible at math. um, And all I did was read. And when I went in and I learned to write, um, I was just always scribbling away and writing stories. And I wrote books. I say that with quotes. I was going to say, (laughs) you guys can't see her, but when she said she writes books, she definitely had air quotes. Yes, (laughs) busted out the air quotes. Um, Yeah, I... So I knew I wanted to somehow be creating stories or telling other people's stories, and I wasn't sure exactly what, um, in what capacity. But I got into University of Maryland, actually had my dorm. They have a great journalism program. And then, like I said, like two weeks before I was slated to go in, I had also applied to ASU a couple places. And I was like, I just want to go there. And they have a great journalism program, too. So studied broadcasting, went out there. Uh, I'm not going to lie and say that, like, the surrounding area wasn't a huge draw, though. I definitely wanted the social and, like I said, you know, the different vibe from where I grew up. But, um, yeah, I studied it, and I'm glad. I feel lucky. A lot of people don't know what the heck they want to do. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I I say this all the time. People, I don't know about you, but I feel like every morning I get up and I get to come do this job, I'm like, I'm actually excited to go to work. Yes, and not everyone can say that, you know? Like, a lot of people... um, either take longer finding exactly what they're passionate about or unfortunately I feel like some people just never find that and yeah. I feel like we are so fortunate to be able to every single day go yeah. into this job that we love well, and, and I have am, fun with. I am <laughs> going to tease Sarah a little bit because she told a story a few a few podcasts ago that she had a crush on a guy who was what was he in he was in political science. Oh yeah, uh-huh. And so we might have lost Sarah to politics for a minute there because she got really deep into those Facebook statuses. (laughs) You guys have to go back and listen to that. But yeah, we were talking about like weird things we've done for crushes. This guy was a poli-sci major, I think going on to law school. And I definitely did some cringy, like, you know, posting that I was, you know, watching CNN when I wasn't. And (laughs) (laughs) so we could have lost, we could have lost Sarah to the political (laughs) science major, but I'm so glad that she kept true to herself. I stayed true, yes. The storyteller (laughs) that she is. So let's talk about your career path because honestly, for those of you who don't follow Sarah on Instagram, a, you should, but B, <laughs> you have done so many cool things. Like Thank you've you. been at this fashion show and you went to Monaco at one point and you write for this magazine. Like you are like, your career path is what dreams are made of for oh my so gosh. many people. Let's talk about the path that you kind of took. Thank you. I don't, yeah, you're so kind. Um, my path was not linear. Um, I went to college and I studied journalism, but actually I graduated right after the crash in like 2009. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I know a lot of millennials can relate. It was tough. It was a tough job market. And so yeah. I actually worked in medical equipment sales, which is so far removed from what I studied for a couple years in my mm-hmm. 20s. Um, and I, it just wasn't my 
calling, yeah. you know. Yeah. But um, wasn't your cup of tea? Wasn't my cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> but it did give. I feel like any job you have, you know, I feel like maybe a lot of recent grads can relate, and that even if you studied something specific and you go into it or something completely different, like that's the time to be trying out different jobs and figuring out what works for you and what resonates and you know what maybe you don't love. So I'm thankful for the time that I did that, um, and then it really solidified. Like, okay, no, I want to go back. I want to focus on broadcasting. So, um, yeah, I, my first TV market when I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to try and I had studied news specifically. Mm -hmm. So I worked in Laughlin, Nevada. Um, I hosted a morning show there and that was a one woman band. I was my own MMJ, which means you're basically like shooting, you're writing stories, you're uh, yep. producing all yep. that good stuff. Been there. Yep. <laughs> you know, Laura, absolutely. <laughs> so um, and then I anchor produced in Nebraska at an uh, NBC affiliate. And then I moved to Vegas and I kind of created my own brand called yeah. Blonde About Town. And I, that was when I decided I'm really going to intentionally make this shift from working in news to more kind of entertainment lifestyle, which I am more passionate about. Yeah. So. Well, so I have a question after hearing that story. You said something that I think is so great. I think lots of times when someone, you know, leaves high school or leaves college or whatever, they're like, I need to be in the job I want right away. What advice would you give to someone who probably is like, you know what, I do want to be in TV, but you know, they're worried about going after their dreams. They're worried about getting the right job. Like what advice sure. would you give them? Yeah. Um, I would say just really be persistent. Mm -hmm. um, most of us don't have like a direct connection to maybe your dream position, but I think really just um, being persistent, putting yourself out there, not being afraid of the word no, um, which I know is easier said than done, but mm -hmm. literally every single one of us have faced rejection mm -hmm. in our lives and being able to be resilient and, and keep that in mind when you do face the inevitable rejection, because Unfortunately, we're all going to have that, you know, and if you are really passionate about a pursuit or a field that you want to go after, then don't let anyone tell you you can't do it. I've had people tell me that, you know, I don't think you would be good in this role or I see you in this role. And I, don't you love that unsolicited advice sometimes? <laughs> but you can't you can't listen to it. Yeah. Um, and if you decide on your own that after you've pursued something that it isn't for you, that's completely different. But don't let someone else's opinions dictate the path that you take. I think that's beautiful. You heard it right from Sarah's <laughs> mouth. If you want something, you go for it, which is what our Sarah did. Let's talk about some of your career highlights because I have my own highlights of your career. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> These are Alora's Sarah career highlights. I don't even know how to make that a sentence. So what are some you. of your highlights? <laughs> I just adore you. Um, career highlights was getting that first um, anchoring job. Like mm -hmm. the first TV job I had, it was a cable affiliate. Like I said, I wore a lot of hats and I was just literally didn't know what I was doing. I was mm -hmm. just getting my feet wet. But um, actually being hired to be an evening um, anchor and producing, mm -hmm. I, I was really proud of myself. Mm -hmm. And that was extremely exciting for me. And I felt like I have these people who have my back and obviously are trusting in me that yeah. I can do this job. So that was huge. Um, and then going out on my own and making a decision, like I said, like I was like, you know, news has been great to me, but I, if you watch this show, I'm like a huge pop culture person. And so I love entertainment she and is. lifestyle and all that good stuff. Sarah is the one we go to for everything. If we're like, <laughs> Sarah, we heard that so-and-so is dating so-and-so. Can you tell us 
insert celebrity names there. And Sarah's like, well, here's the it's tea. Like, <laughs> when I'm uh, when I'm on the treadmill, that's like what I watch is, yeah. you know, um, all that good stuff. Or I watch magazine or read magazines if yeah. I talk. Um, but anyway, that was definitely a career highlight anchoring. And then when I decided to develop Blonde About Town, I was like kind of throwing out all these different names. And I was like, if I'm just going to decide to create content on my own and be in the number one capital for entertainment um, in the world, Vegas, you know, what's a good name that kind of is all encompassing. And so um, I started getting a lot of momentum and interviewing these entertainers Uh there, but then COVID hit. So it was definitely a career highlight that I was excited about, Mm -hmm. but then, you know, sometimes things happen, like no one could have predicted COVID. And I know every industry was impacted. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, yeah, that I look back on 2020 and I'm so proud of all of us for making it through that year. (laughs) It was rough. How did you get to us at Fresh Living? How did you end up in Utah? How did you find out about Fresh Living? Because you've been all over the place. Yeah. So... With Blonde About Town, um, when I was based in Vegas before COVID and everything kind of lost the momentum, I was fortunate enough to really, we traveled over to Europe and kind of carried that brand. And I covered some really exciting things like the Cannes Film Festival, uh, Formula One, um, the race in Monaco, which was incredible. Um, We went to New York for Fashion Week, which was literally weeks before the world shut down. No one knew. Um, I'm glad I didn't know. I would have been. No. Can you imagine? I mean... (laughs) It was rough and um, just a weird time. But so fast forward to kind of the midst of COVID, um, summer 21, Mm -hmm. there was an opening for Fresh Living. And I've never talked to you about this because we both were, we both essentially started like the same time. Yeah, we did. And I know that we were like both aware of this position and coming Mm -hmm. in and like the process I'm sure was similar, Mm -hmm. but um, a friend of mine or acquaintance rather was, um, he worked for Sinclair Uh and another girlfriend of mine who used to be an anchor with me in Nebraska she kind of knew that I was putting my feelers out there and I was like you know even though I've been doing this blonde about town maybe I'll want to work for a station again and so she just put me in touch with him and he actually was the one that was like well in Salt Lake they have this position for a lifestyle host I don't know if this is of interest to you and I was like you're speaking my language like (laughs) of course yes (laughs) and um and I applied and I have a funny story about it is Whenever you go through the job application, a lot yeah. of times, whether it's Indeed or LinkedIn or whatever, um, it's very formulaic. Like, yeah. you put your resume and all this. Yeah. Well, if you're in journalism or broadcasting, you have a reel, like a yes. resume reel. Yes. So people who aren't familiar with the reel, I, you you know, just put your link in. Mm-hmm. And so somehow I put my link in. It didn't work. <laughs> oh. And I was like, this is your literally your calling card. You know, that's yeah. what their first impression of you is. You need it, yeah. especially for this type of job. And so I called sweet Geraldine, who is our HR person. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I just want to make sure that you guys got my reel. And yeah. she sent it to our EP, Mackenzie, mm-hmm. and was like, I wanted to make sure that she got it. And oh. so I like to think that that was like that call made a difference. And it's it kind of goes with what I said earlier, which is just be persistent because I don't know if they would have ever seen. I love it. (laughs) Well, we are so happy to have you here, and I'm so happy we started at the same time. I know. I want to talk about something else that, um, man, you guys, Sarah is one of the bravest and strongest people I know. Let's talk about, if you are okay with this, let's talk about your work with um, eating disorders. Yeah. And the work you've done and why it's so important to you and what you would say to people out there who are struggling with something that you yourself struggled with, which she did a beautiful podcast on that. Go take a listen. But talk to us about that work that you do. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, It makes me emotional to talk about, and I'm going to try not to be, but um, I 
was bulimic for 14 years. Mm-hmm. And um, it started after, again, I did a whole podcast about this, but basically mm-hmm. in college I had a sexual assault and I, um, I kind of spiraled. And mm-hmm. so I, I didn't even realize or put the two together for mm-hmm. years, but like through therapy and years later, and I don't think that was the only thing, but that was a big thing. Right. I kind of put two and two together and I was like, okay, ever after, ever since after that happened, mm-hmm. just that was my way of dealing and mm-hmm. it just kind of snowballed. So um, I'm in my late thirties now, but for, I think 14 years, I was just really struggling with that hard. And so some years would be better than others. And then it was oftentimes stress induced depending on what was going on in my life. Right. Um, so yeah, it was, it's something that I think I'm, positive is we as a society are becoming a lot more aware of and there's a lot more um, conversations going on Mm -hmm. and people can get help yes and so many more resources and I Mm -hmm. think it's so important because I think one in four women will experience an eating disorder in their lifetime which is like a horrifying statistic and it's really high I've I've been through something very similar yeah I and we've talked and I think I hope that people if they're listening and they can relate I might the takeaway would be please know that there are resources out there. There's help. And, like, I truly never thought that I – there was a time I never thought I would be able to not be doing what I was doing every single day, which was living in hell. Mm-hmm. And um, and through a lot of therapy and just, like, learning how to be healthy mentally and physically, I, I can't tell you the last time that I um, binged and purged. Um, I, I wish I knew a date because I want to mm-hmm. celebrate that date. Yeah. I know for certain, like, I haven't um, since I found out I was pregnant. I think it was before that, but I got pregnant in um, August of 21. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of celebrate that the past couple of years. I always think that Mm -hmm. in my head. I'm like, you know, I'm celebrating my babies, but also it's a happy time. Because the second I knew that I was carrying life, two lives, I was like, I will not hurt myself or, you know, my babies, my unborn children. So I think... It is something that you said, that statistic is really high, and it is something that so many people go through, and it is something that I'm sure so many people are grateful for you to speak out and be like, hey, there is help, there is hope, and you don't have to be ashamed to ask for it. Absolutely. It's so important. I hope people listen, and and that goes home, because I know that I even heard things like that before, and it took a long time to process, but literally, there is hope out there, so... And another... Another kind of trial that you went through really fast before we wrap up is your girls. They did not come easy. You are an IVF warrior. Yes. So <laughs> during that COVID time I was talking about where I had moved to Vegas, mm-hmm. I was like, you know, really trying to create and build this brand. Um, things were put on pause. And um, I, since I'd lived in Nebraska, I, I got married in um, September of 17, and uh-huh. I literally started my anchoring job after. So yeah. there were a couple years where, like, it wasn't, it wasn't getting pregnant. Yeah. And my husband and I were, like, you know, at first not really worried about it. But yeah. then they were, like, it's been a little while. So we decided to ultimately pursue IVF. Mm-hmm. And um, the timing ended up in a weird way being great with COVID, and we lucked out. We went through a fertility clinic. Um, we opted um, to do in vitro and we knew the likelihood because we, that's a whole other podcast, but you know, we went, uh, we did the embryo implantation. We knew if we were going to do two, there's a high chance we'll have two. And we were so fortunate. And my twins are Hallie and Vienna, the best thing I've ever had. (laughs) And I love how open you talk about how you are with that too, because that's another struggle that many 
women have. And sometimes they don't feel seen and they're like, why is this so hard? Is there something something wrong with us? Um, So that, I mean, we could talk about Sarah all day. But All there of you us. Go. <laughs> I know. I think we've talked about me. No, it's so weird. Like I said from the get go, and I love the fact that. Um, all of the hosts on Fresh Living and Fresh Off the Set. I adore you guys, and you're all really interesting people. And yeah, well, enough about me. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Now you have met our sweet, brave, and strong Sarah. Okay, Sarah, before we wrap up, you know how we do. I'm going to give you um, our Fresh Five. Oh, I love it. So okay. for those of you who are just you know tuning in for the first time, the Fresh Five is essentially, I we ask um, a lot of our guests at the end of podcast just five random questions. <laughs> They're not really hard-hitting. They're not going to change the world, but it's just so that you can get you can get to know our guests a little bit more. Um, okay, Sarah, number one, what is a song that you can listen to over and over and over again and mm. never get sick of it? Um, Whitney Houston, I Want to Dance with Somebody. Love that. I feel like that's <laughs> fair. And I feel like that's such a summer song. Mm-hmm. I think I'm in that summer mood right now. I'm just like, it was a long winter, we all know, and I'm oh. just like wanting to blast that music. I mean, <laughs> if you were here listening to this outside of Utah, we had like five winters. We yeah. thought it would be over, then snow would come. Anyway, that's <laughs> I digress. All right. So we'll be playing that all, all summer. <laughs> Number two, what is your abs- – I, I know this answer, but not everyone does. What is your favorite holiday? Oh, Cinco de Mayo. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, followed closely by Christmas, but Cinco, yep. Sarah loves – well, you love fall, too. I do pumpkin spice. I love Halloween. Okay, Halloween's probably number two, but Cinco's still number one. See, that's what I was like. If I know my Sarah, like I think I do. (laughs) Cinco de Mayo's one and Halloween is two. Those are tough, (laughs) head to head. My best day ever would be having a Halloween party with tacos. Maybe we can do that this fall. (laughs) There, There you go. All right, number three. You are so into pop culture, you know everything, we go to you. I mean, we go to our producer um, a lot for reality TV show mm-hmm. information, but we go to you yes. for everything else. <laughs> if you could interview one celebrity, um, who would it be? Oh gosh, that's so hard. Um, Zendaya? I'm probably saying, am I saying her name wrong? Zendaya or Zendaya? I've heard both. Well, I just adore her. Um, the Greatest Showman is one of my favorite movies. I read Carpet. I'm, I know we both she love is, the fashion, and she's just flawless. She is one of the most beautiful people I have ever seen in my life. She Every really time is. I see a picture of her, whether she's walking the red carpet, whether she's just, you know, on set, I'm always like, that woman is stunning. Yes, I agree. And, like, okay, Going off the Greatest Showman theme, Zac Efron was my crush forever. See, I'm surprised you didn't say Chris Hemsworth, because I know how you feel about him. I know. That's a tough one. You're giving me all these ideas. I want to interview them all. Just come on fresh off the set. We will talk to you guys all. It'll be a great show. We're here, and we're ready. Okay, number four, what is a quote that you live by? You know what? I keep um, a diary, and... I'm a big reader. I read at night a couple chapters before I go to bed. I try almost every night. Not just motivational. I I read everything, um, fiction, mystery. But whenever I come across a quote that I like, I write it down. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't have, like, one mantra. But, um, you know, never give up. Be resilient. Be persistent. Um, I love the golden rule, which is treat others how you'd want to be treated. Um, I think that just everyone should ascribe to that and live by that. Absolutely. I love it. Okay, number five and your last question. We didn't talk too much about this, but Sarah played field hockey back in the day. (laughs) So if you were in the Olympics, I do not believe field hockey is an Olympic sport. I could be wrong. But if you were in the Olympics, winter or summer, which sport would you want to compete in? And you're you're automatically amazing. (laughs) 
Oh, okay. That's well, part that of it. like is a game changer because I was gonna say I always wanted to be this beautiful, um, uh, graceful. Um, ice skater and I'm the opposite of all of that on the ice if you've ever seen me but if we're in a pretend world then is it is it a sport so okay field hockey is a sport yeah Megan just told us Olympic sport but I think I'd still would want to do the ice skating because it's so out of my wheelhouse and for those of you who follow our TikTok every single time we do a dancing TikTok Sarah's like do I have to be in this can I step aside but she's always great I'm game you know what because you and Carrie and Brooke are all great and David I mean honestly but I we have so much fun with it I just on an alternate universe I'd love to be a good dancer or graceful there we go well Sarah it was such a joy talking to you we loved getting to know you more and everyone thank you so much for listening be sure to rate review and subscribe and we will catch you next time Congrats, you made it to the end. If you want to continue to freshen up your day, you can watch us on Fresh Living every weekday on CBS Channel 2 in Utah at 1 o'clock. You can also watch us on our YouTube channel, KUTV Fresh Living, and follow us on social media. We will see you next week.